As a writer and speaker, I do my best to adhere to the rule of three. The rule of three in communication is a writing and speaking principle that suggests that a series of three events or characters is more humorous, satisfying, and effective than other numbers in engaging the audience. Hence, when information is bundled into threes, the audience is more likely to remember it. Thank you for tuning in to today's Super U Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kwame. Most of you know me as Equal Man. If you're looking for our regular show, it still comes out every Wednesday and gives you seven super tips to help unlock and unleash the superpower that is in all of us. Today, though, we'll be reading from Chapter 5, and it's all about relationships. As we move on to chapter five, which is month five, which is May, and it's all about relationships, many of you know that have read or listened to my books, Social Nomics or Digital Leader, understand that even though I'm a tech guy, that I always stress that it's all about relationships, that all digital leaders understand that it's more Flintstones than it is Jetsons. So as you can tell, I was super excited to spend a month deepening my most important relationships. Chapter 5, Relationships. The president of a large university sent me a note stating that he, his faculty, and students enjoy my books. The books were positively influencing the students and faculty. Because of the book's impact, the university wanted to award me an honorary doctorate. I was beyond flattered. What an honor. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine this. This was a joyous day for me and a celebration for everyone who helped me along the way those who had believed in me at times when there was little to believe in. The university scheduled the ceremony during spring graduation. The commencement speaker that day was only a few years my senior, but she was already on the state's Supreme Court. She was impressive. Her speech was captivating. Addressing the recent graduates in attendance, she was also speaking to the thousands of parents and family members packing the large arena. Having previously given a commencement address at the University of Texas myself, I knew firsthand the difficulty of trying to resonate with such a diverse audience, from teenagers to grandparents. Plus, the honest reality is that a majority of the audience is just waiting for you to finish. The Honorable Judge continued her address. You see in life, the older you get, the more time accelerates. When you're six years old, the night before Christmas seems like an eternity. Yet when you're 45 years old, it seems like you had just cleaned up the holiday decorations and dumped the eggnog when what seems like a blink of the eye, you're starting to hear those familiar holiday jingles on the radio again. This is so true. Major holidays such as birthdays, anniversaries, and religious occasions help mark time. We often measure our lives with these occasions. A 21st birthday, your 10th anniversary. They allow us to pause. Wow, has it really been another year? What have I been doing? What have I accomplished? Am I happier than I was a year ago? Feel more fulfilled? Have I helped make other people feel more fulfilled? What have I done in the past year? What did I do with those half a million minutes? While the days are often harried and long, the years are short. Often in these reflections, we ask ourselves, 
Did I focus on the things that matter? Sadly, this hit home just weeks after receiving my honorary doctorate. The incredible person who had so kindly bestowed upon me the honor, President Thomas Plager, passed away unexpectedly at 48 years young. One morning, he woke up perfectly healthy. Later that day, he wasn't feeling well and decided to go to the doctor. They discovered a brain mass requiring emergency surgery. A few days later, he passed away. A tragic loss to his family and the community. In all likelihood, someone special in your life has left this world too soon. Experiencing such a loss is a jolting reminder to run our race today, because nobody knows when the finish line will come. For centuries, people have carried the Latin phrase memento mori with them in their heads. Some, like Marcus Aurelius, carry it imprinted on a coin, wanting a physical reminder to always be with them. Translated to you will die, memento mori is a positive reminder not to get stressed by the little things, but to live life to the fullest. It's the understanding that, yes, we want to be productive, but we also want to pause and focus on the beauty around us. While it may seem odd to remind ourselves that we will die, meditating on our mortality is only depressing if we miss the point. Memento Mori is a tool to create priority, urgency, and meaning, reminding us that time is a gift not to be wasted on trivial items. Death reminds us that life isn't pointless, but rather purposeful. I have been blessed in my career to have one-on-one conversation with some of the world's most successful people. From Dr. Thomas Pleger to incredible stay-at-home moms, Fortune 500 CEOs, school teachers, founders of startups, chairpersons of nonprofit organizations, and presidents of countries. One common thread among them is their focus on the important versus the immediate. They focus on what matters most, relationships. Relationships with family, friends, neighbors, partners, teammates, and coworkers. Are you focusing on what matters most? Memento Mori? This month was dedicated to focus on deepening relationships. Deepening any relationship requires one essential, intentional time, quality time. For example, if I'm eating breakfast with my daughters, but the entire time I'm scrolling my social media feed, I'm spending exactly zero quality time. The rule of three. As Jim Collins penned in his bestseller, Good to Great, If you have more than three priorities, you have none. The Latin phrase, omne trium perfectum, roughly translates to everything that comes in threes is perfect, or every set of three is complete. As a writer and speaker, I do my best to adhere to the rule of three. The rule of three in communication is a writing and speaking principle that suggests that a series of three events or characters is more humorous, satisfying, and effective than other numbers in engaging the audience. Hence, when information is bundled into threes, the audience is more likely to remember it. Part of the reasoning is that three bits of information are the smallest amount to create a pattern. The rule of three helps create a rhythm and is often used in advertising. Snap, crackle, pop, and just do it are examples. The rule of three helps us easily finish these patterns just by reading the first word. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, declaration of independence. Stop, drop, and roll. Fire safety. Vini Vidi Vici. Latin, I came, I saw, I conquered. Often attributed to Julius Caesar. Ho, 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 Santa Claus. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Bible. Blood, sweat, and tears, General Patton. The good, the bad, and the ugly, a film. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato, a sandwich. 
Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos applied the rule of three when he sent a letter to his board in the late 90s outlining the vision for the company. In that letter, Bezos stated that he deemed the single most important element to ensure that Amazon continued to excel. What was this element? It was setting the bar high in recruiting. Bezos knew that in an environment as dynamic as the internet, succeeding without extraordinary people would be impossible. The relationships of team members would determine the ultimate trajectory of Amazon. To help identify the right candidates that would make outstanding future teammates, Bezos applied the rule of three. He asked all of his hiring managers to ask themselves three questions during the hiring process before extending the job offer. These three questions would help ensure they have smart, hardworking, passionate folks to put customers first. Following are the three points from Bezos' letter. Number one, will you admire this person? If you think about the people you've admired in your life, they are probably people you've been able to learn from or take an example from. For myself, I've always tried hard to work only with people I admire and encourage folks here to be just as demanding. Life is short. Surround yourself with people you admire. Number two, will this person raise the average level of effectiveness? Our bar has to be continuously going up. I ask people to visualize the company five years from now. At that point, each of us should look around and say, the standards are so high now. Boy, I'm glad I got it when I did. And number three, might this person be a superstar? Many people have unique skills, interests, and perspectives that enrich the work environment for all of us. It's often something that's not even related to their jobs. One person here is a former National Spelling Bee champion. I suspect it doesn't help her in her everyday work, but it does make working here more fun if you can occasionally run into her in the hall with a quick challenge, onomatopoeia. Bezos knew it wouldn't be easy to find these people. He knew these were three demanding questions, but he also knew that creating a little bit of history isn't supposed to be easy. Whenever you're writing, speaking, selling, or facing a complex challenge in your life, try to use the rule of three. Share your gifts with the world. The meaning of life is discovering our gifts, and our purpose in life is giving them away. Actor Jim Carrey summed it up well in his commencement speech to Maharishi University. My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that was possible for him, and so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant. And When I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job, and our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. That's not the only thing he taught me, though. I watched the effect my father's love and humor had on the world around me, and I thought, that's something to do. That's something worthy of my time. My father used to love to brag that I wasn't a ham, I was the whole pig. He treated my talent as if it was his second chance. When I was about 28, after a decade as a professional comedian, I realized one night in LA that the purpose of my life has always been to free people from concern, like my dad. When I realized this, I dubbed this my new devotion, the Church of Freedom from Concern, the Church of FFC, and I dedicated myself to that ministry. What's yours? How will you serve the world? What do they need that your talent can provide? That's all you have to figure out. As someone who has done what you're about to do, I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Second impressions. First impressions matter. 
Research shows that seven seconds is all it takes for a person to make a first impression. While many understand this concept, most don't understand this important distinction. Life is a series of first impressions. Even when you interact with someone you have known for 20 years, each time you engage with that person, the first few moments are a first impression. You'll have thousands of first impressions with the same person over your lifetime. Second impressions matter. 700th impressions matter. When I need to ask Anna Maria a favor, I read her mood and steer clear if the weather appears stormy. These five simple actions below can help us deepen the impressions we make on others. Number one, let the other person do the majority of the talking. This month, listen more than you talk. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. When you meet a new person, ask them questions about themselves and make them feel important. Studies confirm that people love talking about themselves. About 40% of all conversations are spent on people talking about how they feel or what they think. Or, as Dale Carnegie preached, remember that a person's name is, to that person, the sweetest and most important sound in any language. The other benefit of listening is learning. Listening equals learning. The gravitational pull is for us to talk about ourselves. One way to help shift our focus to the other person is to give a short answer to anyone who asks us a question, then ask them the same question in return. Two, smile. Smile is the easiest way to be more approachable and likable. Studies have shown that people find us more attractive and sincere when we smile. Erroneously believing that smiling made me appear goofy, I tried suppressing my natural inclination to smile constantly. Gary Vaynerchuk described me as the person with all the teeth. Admittedly, I even have a hard time suppressing my smile when someone is telling me a dark story or delivering bad news. In my head, I'm literally saying to myself, oh no, I think I'm still smiling. Stop smiling. Stop smiling. I now consider my ubiquitous smile a gift rather than a curse, and I try to give this gift away. Number three, be vulnerable. People appreciate authenticity, even if that means admitting our weaknesses. Being humble about our failures is more impressive than listing out our successes. Owning up to our flaws takes strength, so communicating our faults and asking for advice to better ourselves can be one of the most attractive attributes. People don't love us or our organizations because we are perfect. They love us because we are perfectly flawed. So embrace being flossom. Being flossom means we are willing to, number one, admit we made a mistake, two, give a plan for fixing it, and three, follow through with fixing it. Number four, give a sincere compliment. Who doesn't love a good boost? Generally, giving someone a compliment will provide them with a sense of joy and appreciation that will unconsciously attribute to you causing them to perceive you favorably. It's also mutually beneficial. Studies show that giving compliments improves the mood and health of everyone involved. And last but not least, number five, when it is our turn to speak, communicate through storytelling. When possible, come prepared with a few stories that really showcase who you are as a person and what you stand for. Jot down stories, experiences, and funny jokes when they happen. Later, you can review your notes, and when the moment strikes, you can more readily recall these stories and wow your listeners. But the easiest way to wow an audience is always to listen first. Thank all of you for listening to today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Cuomo. Most of you know me as Equal Man. If you enjoyed listening to today, do this. Go out, give the book as a gift. Go to Amazon Prime, ship it next day to a friend, a loved one, just to remind that person that you're thinking about them. 
and that you love them. I love all you listeners, so thank you. And until next time, remember, it's not what we take from the world. It is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you.